0: Hello and welcome to Hersham Baptist Church. My name is Heather and it is great to be with you today for this morning's talk as we look at the next of our big questions. And over the last few weeks, we've been tackling some really big issues about life and faith and God. And this week is no exception. This week's question is, what is God's plan? You might remember a couple of weeks ago we were looking at the problem of the evil and sin that we continue to see in the world and in our own lives. People hurt other people, we act selfishly, we don't love God and each other as he created us to do. And what's more, we just can't help ourselves. We're stuck in this frustrating cycle of messing up which we're incapable of lifting ourselves out of. And those things cut us off from God and from each other. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 59 and verse 2, it says this, But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. So what's God's plan? If God created us, as we looked at at the beginning of our series, to glorify him, to care for the world, and to love other people, and we're failing to do that, then what's God's plan? And this is the answer to this week's question. What's God's plan? God sent Jesus to live and die in our place, so that we can be forgiven, restored, and live with him forever. And there are three specific things that we're going to look at about Jesus this week. First of all, exchange. Jesus lived and died in our place. God arranged a beautiful exchange to take place. His life for ours, so that we can be forgiven. Secondly, restoration. Through Jesus' selfless and perfect sacrifice for our sins, we are restored to God and changed to be like Jesus. And thirdly, eternity. As a result, there is nothing standing between us and God so that we can enjoy him now and live with him forever. Now, last week, Andrew looked at the question who is Jesus? And this is what he said. Jesus is God's son. He's fully God and he's fully man. He's spotless, sinless and righteous. And we need to remember the answer from last week's question when we look at this week's. Because if Jesus is the answer to the sin and suffering in the world, then it matters who Jesus is. It matters that Jesus is fully God and fully man. It matters that he was willing to come down from heaven for us, even to go to the cross for us. This tells us so much about God's love for the world. God didn't have to come and fix the problem of our sin, but he wanted to. God could have left us to it, separated from him and from each other, trapped by the devil and destined never to enjoy eternity with him. But he didn't. He did something about it because he loves us so much. So let's look at what he did. First of all, that beautiful exchange. We're going to start by looking at a short clip from one of the Alpha courses So, here we go.
1: There once were two little boys who were best friends. They played together, went to school together, they even went to university together. They were inseparable. Until their careers took them in very different directions. One became a lawyer, the other a criminal. As one was promoted to a judge... The other disappeared deeper and deeper into a life of crime. Eventually, the criminal was caught and sent to trial. On the fateful day in the courtroom, he came face to face with his old best friend, the judge. And so, the judge had a dilemma. He loved his friend, but he had to do justice. And so, he fined him the appropriate penalty for the offence. It was a huge fine there was no way he could ever afford to pay what he owed. But then the judge took off his robes, went down, stood with his friend and wrote out a cheque covering the cost. He paid the penalty himself.
0: This is such a powerful story. One in which the judge balances two things. On the one hand, his commitment to justice and doing what is right. A crime has been committed and the man deserves to be punished. And on the other hand, his love for his friend. By getting down from the bench and paying the fine for his friend and taking the punishment upon himself. Now, I don't know if this story is true or not, But in the Bible, we find an exchange story, which is every bit reality. John chapter 3 and verse 16 is probably one of the most famous and often quoted verses in the Bible. And for good reason. This is the first part of what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son... God didn't send Jesus into the world because he had to. He sent Jesus into the world because he wanted to because he so loved the world. This tells us so much about God. Sometimes people think about God as an angry tyrant who is cross at us for our disobedience and wants to punish us for our bad behavior. And whilst it's right that God hates sin, He does so because he loves us. Because God loves us, he hates sin. He knows that sin poisons our hearts. It ensnares us, it separates us from God and ultimately makes us miserable. And God also knows that we are trapped by sin and the devil and powerless to do anything about it on our own. God so loved the world that he wasn't going to sit around while sin destroyed his beautiful creation. He was going to do something about it. And so Jesus came to the earth for us. God in human form, perfect and spotless. And this is what happened when Jesus came to die for us. I'm speaking here from Isaiah uh, chapter 53 and verse 4. has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And here is our beautiful exchange. Jesus was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was laid on him. By his wounds we are healed. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Do you see what God has done? He came to stand in our place, to die for us, take the punishment meant for us, to bring us forgiveness, peace with God, and healing that we could never have achieved for ourselves. Jesus for us, his life for ours, one life for the world just like the judge and his friend in the clip that we watched. So what effect does this have? Well, that brings us to our second point, restoration. God sent Jesus into the world to restore us to himself. Sin separated us from God, just as we read at the beginning of this talk. What Jesus' sacrifice does for us is it achieves our justification. If we read another verse from Isaiah chapter uh, 53, this time verse 11, it says this, after he had suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. You may have heard it said before that when we are justified, it is just as if I had never sinned. Jesus' sacrifice for us blots out the record of our wrongs. It restores us to our Heavenly Father by removing the stain of sin that has kept us separated from him since the fall. John puts it like this in John chapter 3, verse 17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him... Is not condemned. You see, what we deserve for our sin is condemnation, just like the defendant in the case with the judge. He had done wrong and he deserved to be punished. But what we get when we trust in Jesus is salvation. We find that Jesus has already borne the punishment meant for us on the cross, so we don't have to. Just like the man in our story, we find that the penalty has been paid for us. But, and there is a but, we have to be willing to accept Jesus. Let's keep reading the passage from John chapter 3, verse 17 and on to verse 21. But whoever does not believe, so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. It is a wonderful free gift that Jesus has come to die in our place and to take the punishment for our sins. It's a beautiful exchange, but the exchange and our subsequent restoration to God only works if we accept what Jesus has done for us. If we return to our story from the beginning again, if when the judge had stepped down from the bench to write the cheque for his friend, his friend had torn up the cheque into many pieces, then the fine still stands. He still stands condemned. The fine still needs to be paid. The man has to accept the cheque from the judge. He has to accept the judge's gift if he is to be set free from the punishment. And it's the same with Jesus. Jesus has died for my sins, and he's died for your sins. That happened 2,000 years ago, and nothing is going to change that, praise God. But what Jesus makes clear in this passage in John's Gospel is refuse to believe in Jesus, to accept what he has done for us, then we stand condemned still. Humility. Humility is required here we have to humble ourselves and to accept that we have sinned that we can't help ourselves and that we've not loved God and other people as we should do and that we need help the gift is free and it is the best gift that you will ever get but we have got to put out our hands and to receive it friends, this is so important. Don't miss this part. It's only by believing in Jesus and accepting him that we're saved. It's only by believing in God that we are set free from our sins and restored to God. It's only by believing in Jesus that we will see heaven. 1 Corinthians 15 uh, says this, by this gospel, you are saved. If you firmly hold to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. And so finally, eternity. When we come to accept Jesus and the incredible exchange that his life and death secures for us, what happens next? This is the final half of that famous verse in John three sixteen. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is the promise. Whoever believes in Jesus will not perish. In other words, we won't stand punished as we deserve for our sins, but we will have eternal life. So what does that look like? What does eternal life even mean? It means being united with God now and living with him forever. When we trust in Jesus and he unites us to himself, our lives change. We experience peace with God, freedom from guilt and shame, and a new hope for the future. The way we live in the world now changes. We experience God's power and his presence with us on earth as his spirit comes to live in us and change us to become more like Jesus but there is more Jesus promises us life that goes beyond even our physical death as he conquered death by dying and returning to life again so we can live forever with him I don't know what heaven will be like exactly, no one does, but I know that God is love and that this is the rescue plan he has been working on ever since man first sinned. I do know that it means the end of pain and tears and death. Let's look at these beautiful words in Revelation chapter 21 and verses 3 to 4. Behold, I am doing a new thing. It's an incredible promise. And I want to just finish with another quote from John's Gospel. Jesus is preparing a place for us with God in heaven. He has made the way to eternity open to us, but we will only get there through believing in Jesus. And so this is John chapter 14 and verses 1 to 7. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So what's God's plan? God sent Jesus to live and die in our place so that we can be forgiven, restored and live with him forever. And I want to just finish this morning with a couple of points of application of of how we might respond to this message today. Firstly, if you don't know Jesus yet, if you've never thought about this or accepted what he's done for you then today is the day. Hear the good news of God's incredible plan for you. Recognize where you are at. A couple of weeks ago we read that we have all sinned and wandered away from God and none of us can find our way back to God or to heaven without help. But the good news of Jesus is that God has a plan. He sent his son, Jesus, to die in your place. He's already paid the penalty for your sins by dying on the cross and has risen to glorious life again, making the way for us to live in heaven with God for eternity. So it just remains for us to accept this incredible gift to be baptised and to start to follow Jesus. If you want to talk further about this, then why not get in touch via the links in the show notes below or check out an alpha course online. We hope to run one in this church uh, in September. If you've already accepted Jesus into your life, if you're already following him, then this message never gets old. Take time to remember what Jesus has done for you. I never cease to be staggered by the depths of God's love for me. He cares for me so much that he sent his son to die in my place so that I could be united with him. It's just awesome. Whenever you feel guilt or shame about something, remember that as we come to Jesus, He continues to forgive us over and over and over again. His mercy never fades. And remember the promise of what lies ahead. Life right now might seem quite uncertain. Many of us don't know what life is going to look like in the next couple of months. But as Christians, we have a certain hope. And that's that Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven Nothing and no one can take that away from us. No pandemic, no lockdown, not even death can separate us from the love of God. So why don't you join us now on the playlist by listening to the next couple of songs and singing along as we worship our awesome God for what he has done for us.